Well, good morning, Pathway. Uh, both you present with us this morning and those of you who are on the live stream, uh, we're delighted to worship with you today. Uh, someone said you look different in person. And they didn't say that, that was better or worse. So I'm, I'm just going to assume better. You know, that's just, my, just how I am, you know. But uh, it's great to be with you. My granddaughter, when she was about six years old, she's always been this really confident kid. And she was telling me this big, long story about clouds and the facts about clouds. And I said, Ava, are, are, are you sure that's true? And she eyes get real big and she said, God told me. What do you do then, you know? Wouldn't it be great if we always knew when God was speaking and that it was God who was speaking and that we understood what he was saying to us? Bob Vincent said, one of the great truths of the Bible is that God has something to say to us, that God wants to speak to you. He has something he wants to say to you. And the question is, are we listening to his voice and how do we know his voice? How do, how do we trust that? Uh, over the years, I've had a lot of people who have led with, Pastor, God told me. Okay? And it's really tough when two people are talking to you and both of them say, God told me, and they say the opposite thing. You know, and then you kind of, okay, how do, how do I weigh that? You know, how, how do I understand that? Over the years, I've noticed that when people lead with that, it, it's kind of hard to know exactly how to respond. Remember one Sunday morning, just before the sermon, I was getting ready to go in the sanctuary and this lady came up to me and she goes, Pastor, last night God told me that I'm supposed to speak this morning. I said, okay. Um, I prepared all week. I prayed and sought God's wisdom and what he wants to say. And God didn't tell me that you're supposed to speak this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and preach. She wasn't happy about that at all. Why is it important to know when God is speaking and that we understand that he's speaking because when God speaks and we obey it changes us and it impacts the people around us in amazing and powerful ways when God speaks to us it changes us if you've ever bought stock uh, you'll know that there's a lot of people out there that have advice about stock uh, you know, I've got a hot tip, let me tell you. Well, over the years, I've listened to some really bad advice from people about hot tips. I bought some really bad stock and missed some really good stocks because I was listening to the wrong voice. How do you know when people are telling you the truth? Well, the Bible helps us to understand how to know when God is speaking to us and how to know God's voice. One of the best ways to determine if God is speaking, is by the results it produces in our lives and the lives of people around us. I'm not talking about for a minute or for a day or for a month or even for a year, but over a lifetime, the impact that God's voice has. In Galatians 5, Paul tells us the impact of a life not listening to God's voice. And uh, he describes it as being people who are uh, immoral they have idolatry, they have hatred and discourse. Then in verse 22, he says, a life spent listening to the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, kindness, all those fruits of the Spirit. 
In other words, when God speaks his truth into our lives, it should impact who we are, right? And how we respond to people. Uh, when I was a young, really young, <laughs> about 21 student minister uh, at a church in Oklahoma, I had one of those high performance cars that didn't perform very highly. It was always, you know, they were always working on it. And uh, the mechanic was Larry. And Larry was kind of an interesting guy. He came to church with his family, but Larry had some problems. And I came one time to, with my car, and Larry said to me, Pastor, I know what you need. I go, okay, Larry, what do I need? You need the Holy Spirit. And I said, Larry, I, I think I have the Holy Spirit. What he meant was, I need a particular aspect or gift of the Holy Spirit. And Larry had gotten this gift. And I said, Larry, let me ask you a question. Because I knew Larry pretty well. Are you treating your wife any better than you were? Because he was on the verge of abuse with her. Are you still getting angry with people and blowing up all the time? When I begin to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life, then I will understand that, yes, Larry, you, you have the Spirit in your life. I had someone say to me, Pastor, how do I know that God's talking to me? I, I think I know what God wants me to do. I'm, I'm praying about what God wants me to do. I'm, it's something I'm excited about, but how do I really know it's God? That's a very good question. That's an important question. Uh, and I want to offer to you this morning some suggestions from God's Word about how we can know when God is speaking. And it's God's voice that is talking to us. And, and it begins with the results, as we talked about earlier. When, when God is speaking to us, there will be two important results. Our faith will increase and our gratitude will increase. When God's speaking to us, our faith will increase and our gratitude will increase. Now, I'm going to go through some steps about how we do this. When God is speaking, we will be encouraged. God is an encourager, and he speaks encouragement into our lives. You might say, well, but doesn't God's word tell us that we fall short of him, and unless we repent, we're going to go to hell? Yes, but it also tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and his deepest desire is for us to follow him, and he wants us to spend eternity with him in heaven. That's the word of God. One of the major issues that I encounter with people who are Christ followers is that they have many times really low self-esteem, don't feel very highly about themselves. And what's interesting, that's not what God says about you. God says you're highly valued that you're worth the whole world. I would go as far as to say that over 90% of the times that God talks to me, it's words of encouragement that he speaks to my life. I know this because discouragement is the weapon and the tactic of the enemy, of the evil one. That's what he uses, is discouragement. I've learned that I never walk away from the presence of God without feeling encouraged and empowered. Now, he may tell me some things and show me some things that I'm not doing that I need to do. He may ask me to step up my walk, but when I leave his presence, I know that I've been encouraged by his presence. I've learned that discouragement does not come from God. So if you are feeling a voice of discouragement in your heart, know that is not the word of the Lord to you. That is not God speaking to you. 
Listen to what 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we, re, we ourselves have received from God. How does this encouragement come to me? How does this comfort come to me? Sometimes it's through His Word. I have, I'll make a true preacher confession, which is kind of tough. I've often struggled memorizing Scripture, especially chapter and verse. You know, I'll go, was that in Second Chronicles or was that in First Kings? You know, and, and you know, I'll kind of know it, but, the, you know, some people just rattle them off like crazy. Uh, that's not me. But what I've experienced is that when I need to know those words that I've hidden in my heart, that it's like God sends me an email. I, I was in a situation not too long ago. I was talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, I rattle off eight or nine or ten scriptures right in a row. I go, wow, where'd that come from? You know? That's, that's how personal God is with us. Maybe you have a child who's in trouble. You know the one about raise up your child in the way you should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Basically, that's saying, it's this promise that he will plant seeds of hope in their life. And his voice will always be calling your child home. That's God's promise to us. Paul tells us that God is the source of all compassion. And some translations translate that word compassion as encouragement. So it would say in 2 Corinthians 1.3, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion or encouragement, and the God of all comfort. In your darkest hours, when you hear a whisper of encouragement and hope, you can know that that is God speaking to your heart. That's God's voice coming to you. On the other hand, the evil one loves to speak words of discouragement into your life. It's one of his favorite weapons. He's constantly looking for a way to discourage you because, guess what? A discouraged Christian is not a very effective Christian. A discouraged Christian does not change the world. A discouraged Christian becomes half-hearted about their faith. So every time we start to grow and we start to mature in our faith, you can know the evil one's going to come against you with discouragement. It may be some people that have let you down, and he'll call your attention to that. You see, they said they were going to do that, and they didn't do it. Or it may be that he will tell you uh, that, you tried, it didn't work. You prayed, God didn't answer. Or his favorite one is, he will point out all the times you failed. There you go again. You know, you've gone this route before. You said you were going to change. You haven't changed. You can't do it. We need to understand the enemy's tactics. Remember that it's a sure sign that we've heard from the Lord if we're encouraged, uplifted, and comforted. His voice will always ask you to love him, trust him, and obey him. God's voice will bring you peace. God's voice will never cause you to worry and fret. As a young Christian, uh, I used to worry a lot about, am I really a Christian? Anybody ever do that? You know, am I really in? Does God really accept me? You know, and especially I grew up in the days when preachers used to tell really scary stories at the end of their sermon, you know, usually about car wrecks with teenagers, and I was one, and I knew how I drove, 
And, and so I went to the altar a lot, you know, you know, before I go home. You know, I want to I make sure that I'm in the family. But that's not God's purpose. God's purpose is not for you to worry. Maybe you felt that way. I'm going to assure you that worry and anxiety are not God's voice in your life. He tells us in Philippians 4, 6, not to be anxious. If you sin, he'll remind you of your sin because he wants to have the right and unbroken relationship with you. But he doesn't want you to be anxious and to worry. I love what, what uh, Peter Lord says. He goes, if a person's thinking is controlled by the Spirit, then there is life and peace. You can know beyond any shadow of doubt that when you worry or are afraid, it's because you have not heard from God. You say, well, pastor, aren't Christians anxious? Don't they worry about their kids? And, and, and don't they worry about their job? And, and don't they worry about their 401k and all this crazy economy? And, and, and don't they worry about, you know, the, the lab tests from the doctor? And don't they worry about COVID-19? Well, yeah, we do. But when we do, we're not hearing from God. That's not God's voice to us. God commands us not to worry, and then he gives us a positive solution to worry. Again, Romans, I mean, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, despite the circumstances you may be going through, God's peace prevails in your life. None of us will walk through this world without trials. He tells us that in John. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Until you've experienced it, it's hard to explain the peace that God gives to us. I have been in situations with people that they should have been coming apart at the seams, but they had this solid, quiet confidence and peace. It's the peace that he gives in the midst of the storm. I shared a few weeks ago about Jim and Kim family in Monroe City that adopted four children. And uh, after that adoption, you know, you'd like to think everything went smooth and great. Well, they went through a really tough patch uh, Kim began to get double vision and had severe headaches. Uh, Jim had to leave his job for an extended period of time to, to take care of her and eventually had to give up his job. And Kim was sharing a devotion. I was listening to her this week and she was saying, when I was a little girl, my dad used to, when I was scared and I was anxious, he used to put me on his lap and he'd put his arms around me and he'd say, Kim, everything's going to be okay. And she goes, a few weeks ago, I had a dream. And my heavenly father said, Kim, come here. And I was a little scared. He said, come here. And he put me in his arms. And he said, Kim, everything's going to be okay. Jim got a different job. They found out what was causing the headaches and the double vision. And God is answering prayer. Remember, when you're tormented with fear and worry, you're listening to the wrong voice. 
You're listening to the wrong voice. God's voice will give you sympathetic understanding. This is important. You will know God's speaking to you about others because you'll have a new attitude about others. The attitude that Christ has about others. You'll begin to want to find a way to reach them and be with them. You'll begin feeling compassion for people who are lost and away from Christ. You'll want to extend mercy to them. You'll want to forgive them. You'll want to intercede for them and help them and encourage them and bless them. Remember, if you're still treating people today the way you did before you came to Christ, then you're not listening to God's voice because God's voice calls us to a higher plane and a higher level of relationship. The enemy also speaks to us about how to treat people. You notice he always kind of has a counter punch. And this is basically what he says. He puts in our thoughts that we are to judge other people. But remember the words of the Lord in Romans 14.4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servant, stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. The enemy puts thoughts in our minds that we're to despise some people because of what they've done to us. How can you despise someone that God clearly loves? The enemy puts in our thought that we're to reject people. How can you reject someone that God truly loves? We sometimes demand people to clean up their act before we accept them. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The enemy puts thoughts in our minds that we're supposed to speak evil about others. And James warns us as Christians to be very careful with our tongues. Do not speak against one another. The enemy puts thoughts in our mind that we're supposed to hold a grudge against other people. James 5.9 says, don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Anytime we're tempted to judge, despise, or hold grudges, we can be sure we are not hearing from the Lord. That is not God's voice speaking to us. As we grow in the Spirit, we discover it's amazing how God gives us a new compassion for others. Very early uh, as a, a, a young student pastor, we were in Ponca City, Oklahoma. You probably don't know where that place is. And uh, we didn't have any money. Brent and I were really, really poor. <laughs> and uh, so we didn't go out to eat or do anything like that. And after church on Sunday night, uh, Cleta Anderson always had everybody come over to her house for food and brownies. And, oh, man, it was amazing. And so you have a whole bunch of people from the church over there, you know, 16, 17, 18 people every Sunday night. And what happens when you get a bunch of people from the church together? Sometimes they start talking about people in the church, you know, that uh, not here, I'm sure, but, but that does happen in some churches, you know? And, and so Cleta, I watched her, she'd go around, somebody'd start saying something. She goes, aren't they the sweetest person? I'm just so excited about what God's doing in their life. Man, she cut it off (laughs) before it could ever start. And I thought, wow, she understands that God's spirit does not speak evil of others. It encourages and uplifts others. You can be absolutely sure 
that God who has clearly commanded that you not judge another will never tell you to talk about someone for the sake of judgment. If he tells you anything about others, it's so you can intercede on their behalf and help them become the person God wants them to be. God's voice always brings hope. Even the darkest storms, God's voice brings hope. What does hope mean? It means an expectation of good. Another source says it's a favorable and sure expectation. It has to do with the unseen future. It's God saying, I got a better plan for you. When I was pastoring in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, there was a little place down from our church called Cadentown. And a few years ago, the Lexington Herald printed a, an article about uh, the African-Americans that were freed from slavery after the Civil War in the Lexington area. They started little communities around the Lexington area. And every one of those communities began around a church like Cadentown. And that makes sense because despite of slavery and persecution, God is our source of hope and the church is our place of hope. This is your place of hope. His hope keeps us anchored in the winds of life. 1 Thessalonians 1.3, and we thank him that you continue to be steadfast and strong because of your hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In contrast, the enemy seeks to discourage us and remove hope from our lives. He seeks to beat us down and keep us down. However, we can confidently say that our hope in the Lord will happen even if we don't see it today. In my future, God is going to bring about his purpose and his plan for my life. It comes sometimes in the wee hours of the morning when the Spirit speaks to us and says, hold on, my child, my joy comes in the morning. Weeping only lasts for the night. It's the hope of a mother or a grandmother who confidently believes that God will bring their child or grandchild back to him. It's the faith in the faithfulness of God. God's voice will create and sustain your faith. We serve God by faith. That's his design for us. He's a God who demands faith. Romans 1.17 says, the righteous man will live by faith. He's a God who desires faith. He's a God who delights in faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So how do we get faith? Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. One sign that God is speaking to you is that faith grows in your heart. It may start as just a little bit. But through worship and through sharing and through Bible study and through prayer, that faith begins to grow and mature and become stronger. It begins to impact lives. You should not be surprised that the enemy also has a counter to faith. What's that? It's doubt. He brings doubt into our life. He tries to bring doubt and skepticism and anxiety into our lives. But we know 
that God is faithful. And even if you don't have great faith, just act on the faith you have and let God bring incredible results into your life. We've been talking about praying for a breakthrough. If you want to have a breakthrough in your prayer life, it starts with faith. It always starts with faith. God's voice will produce gratitude in your heart. Psalm 138.8 says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. When I think God has a plan for my life, he's going to work out his plan in my life. I'm grateful for that, aren't you? Aren't you glad that God has a plan for you? That's a reason to rejoice. When you understand that all that God has done for you, all that God promises for you, and then you get heaven thrown in as a bonus. Wow. Gratitude should be the natural fruit of your life. The enemy counters that with envy and jealousy. <laughs> she got to sing a solo and you didn't. You know? They don't appreciate you there. You know? How come they get all the attention? You don't get any attention. Nobody talked to me. Nobody spoke to me. You know how we do that. It's interesting how his voice seeks to take our gratitude away and replace it with criticism and envy. That's not God's voice. God's voice is a voice of gratitude. And the last one is my favorite one. The voice of God will produce confidence and power in your life. Thanksgiving morning, 1995. National Public Radio's Morning Edition did a story on a food bank in Lubbock, Texas. This food bank was a little unusual in the fact they tried to give people fresh produce when possible. You know, usually food banks, it's canned foods and boxed foods, but they tried to give them fresh fruit and fresh vegetables when possible, but sometimes they weren't in season, sometimes they weren't available. And on this particular morning, an 83-year-old bedridden woman named Alpha Campbell called with a request, specific request. She wanted a sweet potato. And Carolyn Lanier, who was the head of the food bank, had reluctantly to tell her that there wasn't a single sweet potato in the entire complex. Well, Alpha wasn't deterred at all. She said, I'm praying for a sweet potato. She added, I'm praying for the food bank. I'm praying for myself. My daddy always told me every fall you needed to eat a sweet potato. And I can't afford one this year. So when the sweet potato comes, this is my number. Well, Carolyn felt so bad, you know, this sweet lady wanted a sweet potato. She decided, I don't want to make God look bad. I'm going to go buy her a sweet potato, you know. And as she's going out to her car, she's blocked in by a trailer truck. And the guy gets out and he opens the back of his trailer truck. And he has 42,000 pounds of sweet potatoes. And he said, they're those little puny ones that people don't like in the stores. They like the big sweet potatoes. That's the reason they don't sell, so that's why they're available to you. Carolyn ran back in, called Alpha, said, please quit praying. <laughs> we, we have more sweet potatoes. We don't know where to store them. I, and this is the part I love. Alpha goes, I hope they're little ones. I hate those big sweet potatoes. <laughs> That's how 
specific God is when he speaks and answers our prayers. I want you to bow your heads with me for a moment. I want to ask you this morning, are you listening to his voice? Are you encouraged? Is your heart full of hope and faith? Do you see others with his compassion? Are you grateful for what God has done and what God is doing in your life? Are you living by faith? Is your faith producing faith in others? Do you have his peace in your life? Remember his voice will always encourage you, forgive you, heal you, and bless you. If his voice is calling you today, do not be afraid. He only wants to encourage you to hold you in his lap and tell you that everything will be okay. Father, we live in perilous times. It's a torn and hateful world. Our brothers and sisters, black and brown, have gone through great prejudice and hurt. People have been hurt over so many things. Uh, We live in a world that's torn apart by a virus an economy that's wrecked by a virus. And Lord, there's so many things that we could be afraid of. But today, Lord, your voice speaks to us and tells us to be courageous and encouraged and to have faith and to trust you that you will bring us through this victoriously. So Father, forgive us for the times that we've listened to the wrong voice, that we've surrendered not to your voice, but to the evil one. Today, Lord, we ask that you would light a spark of faith in this church that will change this community and change this world. We ask it in the powerful name of Jesus. Then on 
today I would just say in closing for us church for the church of Jesus Christ please make sure in these days 
always, but especially in these days, that God's voice is louder than any other voice. There are a lot of voices going on, but let's allow his voice to be the loudest in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you even speak to us, that you would even consider us. Thank you, Lord, that you're even a part of our lives. What an amazing Savior, Redeemer, Master you are. We give you all the praise today. With everything that's happening in our world, in our country, God, would your voice penetrate through and be the loudest voice of all, the voice with authority, the voice of reason, and the voice of grace and love. We give you praise and thanks for who you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a blessed Sunday.